Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Managed to get through all right. Yeah. Awesome. Surprised how easy it was. Yeah, it's not too bad, is it? No, I'm no. Uh, not very good with technology, so I'm very <laughs> surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How have you been doing? Yeah, pretty good. Just uh, absolutely flat out at the moment with like coaching over here and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. No, because, um, yeah, what's nearly three weeks yeah so three weeks ago um since you came and had a play on a four cross track yes yeah Yeah. how did you find that yeah really good actually it's uh it's been so long since I've actually well been anywhere near that kind of kind of riding I've just spent the last god knows how long on the on the trail bike and the downhill bike so uh yeah I haven't even gone over to Red Hill for the last two years believe it or not so yeah it was really good to get back over there and and actually see what um gareth and matty have done and yeah how much work they've put in and yeah yeah it's really cool to see everybody as well and yeah just that's it push yourself in a different way as well it was really cool to uh i actually felt a little bit scared right riding some of the jumps and having to work it all out and yeah it was cool for sure that track is um it was always high speed there but it's actually pretty scary now <laughs> yeah exactly it's um, um yeah that no that long straight makes it uh yeah incredibly fast doesn't it so oh for sure which is real good fun yeah. um yeah kind of to kick things off um would you just mind telling me a bit about how you kind of got into riding yeah um i never know how to answer this one i kind of <laughs> like started as a kid and never really stopped so um ever since I remember how to ride a bike, just kind of getting my dad pushing me around and, you know, as you do as a, as a kid. Um, so yeah, literally then messing about on bikes with my friends, it was, um, we were just building like little kickers and stuff. And then suddenly those little kickers kind of sent us into crazy downhill trails and, you know, just as you do, you start progressing without even realizing it. And, uh, yeah, sure. back then didn't even, didn't even really know what trail bikes were or didn't really know what mountain biking was. So we were just on, you know, like your crappy hardtails and yeah, yeah, just riding dirt jumps and stuff like that. And for me, it it definitely happened to be like right place, right time. I mean, where I grew up, uh, mountain bike magazine were always shooting in our local woods. Oh, cool. Um, So yeah, they kind of pushed us in the right direction, helped us out with loads of, uh, yeah, loads of different, bike parts and components and stuff like that and I just thought it was was pretty cool and yeah basically they just kind of pushed us in the right direction of racing and the stuff and ever since then haven't really looked back so yeah that's awesome so you kind of started doing like a lot of dirt jumping just messing about when was it you started getting into downhill um so I think I was about 17 um well, 16, actually, I must have been, because I couldn't drive back then, so I got my dad to uh, take me to the first race. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just on a hardtail still. Um, oh, one no of the, the the guy from Mountain Biking UK basically just said, you know, go along to this race, see how it is. Um, you're guaranteed to love it, and, yeah, there'll be people there watching. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I got my dad to drive me there. I was literally on my hardtail kind of jump bike and we just put some gnarlier forks on the front of it um and yeah just messed up the first run and I I went off of track and literally this is how clueless I was about racing because I had made a mistake and gone out of the tape I literally just stopped and pushed back up to the top of the hill and I thought that was it race run was done (laughs) everyone was looking at me like you all right I was like yeah yeah Yeah, I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) amazing where was that first race 
I think that must have been 2006, probably. That's yeah. quite a sharp progression because obviously in 2007, you're racing at the World Champs in Fort William. Yes, it was a, it was a pretty big kind of barrel roll from there. So uh, from that race, I actually got sponsored somehow. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, they provided me with a, a downhill bike. And yeah, the next couple of months, I was like, wow, this is amazing and started to go to a, a few different places. And then again, uh, Doddy from MBUK said, right, yeah. if you get yourself up to Scotland, there's, an, uh, there's a little uh, event going on up there. Um, and yeah, as I went up there, as I was riding down on this, uh, basically a bike that was three times too big for me, um, I bumped into Rob Warner and got chatting to him and yeah. he was impressed and he, he basically rang up Giant there and then and got me a sponsorship deal with Giant, which was obviously as a 17-year-old kid, I was like jaw dropped to the floor and yeah, amazed by That's it. incredible. So yeah, just uh, he basically then said, right, you, you got to do these couple of races. And I it was just happened to be like the national downhill stuff. And then yeah. after like the first two national races, I think, because um, I was junior, yeah, I got a, got a letter from British Lycan and say you've been selected for Worlds. So it was literally two races in and I was already... Oh no, actually that was it. My first race actually for the downhill stuff was the national champs for, for downhill. So because I won that as a junior, they got I got selected as the for the world champs and yeah, it went from there. And so yeah, it was That's crazy because yeah, like you've been doing the sport barely over a year. Yeah. And not not only is it world champs, it's the home world champs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Which pretty is incredible. Mad. I think uh it was really good for me actually, because I had literally had no idea about the sport i had no idea who anybody was yeah. um i kind of knew tracy mosley and like rob warner and stuff just through again just reading magazines but i didn't yeah. have any idea of who anybody else was so um i didn't have i actually had no idea what world cups were i didn't have a clue what world champs were i just got this letter saying you've been selected to ride this race and i think that was really good for me because i had no idea how big it was or what kind of event yeah. it was so kind of went into it blindly uh, well ignorance is bliss i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh yeah i did really well out of it obviously can yeah it's, yeah it came away with a silver medal yeah and it was like i i look back now and i just think what an idiot like i was just i don't know i didn't have a clue what was going on and british cycling basically then just said you know they took me to the top i didn't really have the right kit or anything like that so they wrapped me in this big uh puffer jacket right at the top because it was freezing cold yeah. um i'm i'm quite a shy person so i was really nervous like not knowing anybody as well and basically just took me to the top and just said right off you go right down to the hill right down to the bottom as fast as you can i was like right okay so, that's crazy <laughs> that's that is crazy yeah. um and yeah so from there on you kind of you am i right in thinking you took the elite women's 2010 national series title and downhill i believe so that was a long time ago that's crazy uh, like Again, so three years into racing and you're taking the elite national title, series title. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who was there at that point, but definitely, no. um, I mean, I, I think I progressed really quickly and I, I put it down to, you know, riding hardtails for my whole life. Like as soon as I got onto a, a full suspension bike at kind of 17, it was like, wow, you can actually do this kind of stuff on it. And I'd been so used to riding a hardtail for so many years. It just felt like I could, 
yeah, do anything I wanted to on the bike. So that's yeah. awesome. It was, uh, it was, I had a lot of lessons to learn. Um, I still think everybody learns kind of every time they go out on the bike, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was got a, a lot of help from Tracy when I was at the races and people just saying, right, try these lines and kind of do this. So it was definitely pushed in the right direction and followed some fast people from day one. So it was cool. That's crazy. Um, and so was it around that time you started to dabble with the four cross? Cause I believe also in 2010, you picked up a four cross national title as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't actually remember the year. I just remember going to Andorra World Cup, um, which might have been 2008, 2009 or something. Yeah, was that the year that um, Afi won the forecast? Rachel G won. Yeah, so that's like 2008, I think. Yeah. So I remember going there and racing the downhill there and actually, again, having no idea what this kind of sport forecross was. And yeah. I was riding the chairlift with Tracy and she was like, oh, we'll go and, go and watch the forecross. I was like, right, yeah, okay, let's do that. Mm. Um, and I just watched this sport and I was like blown away. I was like, that is amazing. That's exactly what I would love to do. Um, and just watching all the riders, I think Cedric Gracia was in it then, and he just he just made it look so cool. Yeah, um, yeah, Afi was there as well, and I was like, wow, I've got to have a go at this. So um, yeah, I think Tracy introduced me to Scott Beaumont, and just I got chatting to Scott, and he said, well, why don't you come along to some of the races in the UK? And I was like, right, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. So yeah, actually, again, my first race for the four cross was national champs, so I rocked Amazing. up. Amazing. I can't remember the, the name of the track it was, but um, yeah, rocked up and again, not really having much of an idea what to do. And uh, yeah, just got speaking to Scott and he was, again, just pointing me in the right direction. You just got to do this, this and this. And yeah, it was just like riding, it felt like riding jerk jumps, but just in a very fast way. So I kind of, yeah, I just loved it from day one. That's awesome. And then, um, yeah, so from there, you obviously went on to take another national title in 2011 and again in 2012. But then... <laughs> You also took the European champs in yeah. 2012, which I believe were in Poland, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think things just starting to kind of barrel roll. Um, the more I was racing four cross, the more I was loving it. And then, yeah, again, just starting to learn lots of things and realised I was, well, realised I was fairly good at it, but they were yeah. there and just had lots of little things to learn. Um, so was getting to World Cups and, you know, just getting smoked out the gate and stuff like that. And um, I think one of my first races was actually Schladman World Cup for the four cross. And right. uh, I mean, I was still riding flats back then on my, again, just a, a crappy hardtail that we'd built up. Forks didn't really work and anything like that. So um, speaking to Dan Atherton and he was just like, right, get yourself on clips, do this, this and this. So yeah, um, <laughs> again, things just progressed and yeah, it was a, uh, just wanted to start taking it a, a little bit more serious at that point. So yeah, um, but yeah. I in fact completely missed um, a pretty big one there, 2010 World Champs in Mont Saint Anne. So yes, was that your first World Champs? Yes, I think cross? it probably would have been for four cross. Um, and you made the final and took fourth. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I was. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of luck involved. I don't know if it's luck or not, or just well-played racing. But um, I I don't know. There was a lot of people in the sport back then, and mm. you could kind of work out who was doing what. Um, 
and I knew in my head that there was, well, there's some big jumps out there. Um, that track looked insane. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, <laughs> there was some big jumps that actually none of the girls were doing and none no. of them did in practice, well, including myself. And I looked at one of the, the finishing jumps and I kind of just looked at it and was like, I'm not, I'm not even going to look at it and, like, attempt it. But I knew in my head that I could do it. Yeah. So it got to racing and, and yeah, I managed to to do the jump and just make a, a cool overtake and, st- and yeah, stick myself into the, the final or something like that. But it was like a, a photo finish to who got through to the, the final. So, yeah, it was cool, cool racing. Proper, proper four-cross racing. There. Yeah, definitely. And again, awesome. I, was, I was so nervous. It was just like not not any pressure from anybody else, just the, I don't know, the pressure I put on myself. Um, but yeah, again, I remember sitting at the top. Um, I think Will Longdon was actually in charge of all the team by that point, and he was just kind of sat me down because I was absolutely buzzing, just kind of jumping around on my feet, like fuck, oh, don't know what to do. <laughs> um, and he just sat me down. He said, "All I want you to do is think about the first straight, nothing else. All I want you to do is get to the first corner first. And I was just like, "Right, okay, that sounds easy." So <laughs> yeah, it's um, it had lots of help, and it, it's cool to have someone like you know, Will Longdon and people like that, that you actually yeah. look up to, to, to give you this kind of advice. It, it kind of calms you down a little bit. So going on from um, what you said about the 2010 worlds, where you saw a jump that you hadn't done in practice yeah. to uh, 2013 world champs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was a similar situation, wasn't it? Definitely. It's kind of a, I don't know whether it was like my secret weapon or not, but you know, just growing up doing dirt jumps, I could look at a jump and kind of just analyze it and go, I just see it and go, yeah, I can do that. Or no, I can't do it. Um, and yeah, it was almost like if I did it in practice, obviously the other girls would then know that I've done it and then they'd start pushing it as well. Um, so yeah, my little thing was just like, well, if I know I can do it, there's no point in me doing it until I actually need to do it. Yeah. Um, backwards way to think, but it, it kind of worked for me and I definitely had my weak points. My gate was never the strongest point. So I always kind of was on the back foot anyway. Um, but yeah, I think every single racer, it was when I was getting to that level uh, and you're, you're on the gate with certain people, you know, their strengths, you know, their weakness. Yeah. So um, for me, I just had to kind of play with my strengths and, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Leah gang, it worked really well. It was a massive jump at the bottom and it was, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of knew I could do it, but I didn't want to not waste energy, but waste the time kind of getting nervous about it and, you know, sprinting into it. God knows how many times. So, yeah, it was kind of one of the things that I thought I'd pull out of the bag for the racing. (laughs) Yeah. See, I remember being um, sat back at home because that was when um, they broadcast it on Red Bull as well. Yeah, of course. I remember just sitting there and you and Annika (laughs) going for it and we could see how much more speed... (laughs) you had <laughs> and oh my god I've never seen someone hit the deck that hard as Annika did I know it was yeah I can even like I can see it now as I'm kind of just close my eyes and think about it but I was I had no intention of doing that jump whatsoever and then as I got over the bridge I was like crap Annika's in my way I can't pull out of it so I just basically pedaled and pumped as hard as I could kind of overshot the pump and then as I pulled up off of it I was like oh this is a big jump. I'm not sure. And I, I actually remembered like pulling up again midair. Amazing. And as I pulled up again, I kind of looked to the side and just saw Annika like smash into the back of the landing. And I was like, oh God. So that's, yeah, it was a... Uh, that's insane. It was horrible to witness. 
It was yeah, it was bad enough from uh, everyone at home, let alone you being right <laughs> next to it. That was yeah. it was fully savage. And um, yeah, so was it? I remember watching the race. Uh, yeah, the kind of after World Champs 2013 in press conference. Yeah, and someone asked, "Are you happy with a silver medal?" I just remember <laughs> you flat out saying no. <laughs> yeah, I think I was pretty grumpy at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I look back and. I mean, I put so much into that race, um, just training wise. So I just think I was like massively disappointed. Mm. Um, yeah, I, again, my weakness was just coming out the gate and just just not having it from from the off. That track looked like it favoured the gate as well. It definitely did, um, yeah. for sure. I think if you if you won, on my strong point is never the the qualifying either and both Annika and Caroline had a better gate pick than me so um I knew I was on the back foot already um and then I knew that Caroline's gate was insanely fast um so I just tried to do what I do what I could really um but yeah it was yeah it was good it was fun yeah that was awesome so bitterly disappointing I can imagine. But then obviously, was that kind of the fuel to the fire? Because talk me through 2014 Worlds back at the same track. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I pretty much decided at that point that 2014 was basically just going to be my last last go at four cross. Um, I knew that in my head and I thought, well, no matter what happens after this result, I'm just going to, you know, put it to bed. but I also knew that track off the back of my hand after riding it for God knows how many years in a row. Yeah. Um, knowing the, obviously the jumps that I could do after the previous years and stuff like that. And, but yeah, I did, I worked absolutely, I just worked my ass off basically to get yeah. that point. Um, I was a little bit cocky coming into it, I guess. I was speaking to sponsors and just saying, you know, like I'm going to worlds. Um, I, I, I need this kind of made for me. So they, they, yeah, produced a, well, actually no, I think that was a, the, the year before, but they, they, I just said, look, I'm, I'm going to win it. But actually, because I had sent those emails out to sponsors and just said, look, I'm going to win it this year. It mm. put me in a really good headspace. And I think that was the world of difference, you know, like the year previous, I was kind of going into it thinking, oh God, you know, like I'm racing Caroline and Annika again and, you know, I've got to do this and that. And um, just did a lot of work on, you know, mindset and stuff like that with my coach and yeah, various, various points away from actual physical training. Yeah. Uh, And it made a world of difference to me. It just kind of put me into the the right headspace and I was going into the race going, right, I'm going to win it. There's, there's no other option that's what I'm going to do. So yeah, it was, it was cool. That's crazy. Cause I, I pick up on what you said about the mindset stuff. Like nowadays it's becoming more open that yes. a lot of the downhill guys have kind of sports psychs. And yeah. did you, were you speaking to someone about that way back even then? Yeah, definitely. I think for me growing up, like I've said before, I'm a really, really, shy person like if I know someone I kind of just I'm just myself it it doesn't I can relax but meeting someone for the first time I'm I just become this shy little person that's scared to say hello yeah um so then put me into a racing situation and it all does exactly the same I'm I'm quite 
shy in how I tackle the races and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, being able to, I mean, even from way back in the day when I first started, I started speaking to like sports psychologists and they were just saying, you know, you've got to work out a way to make me feel on top, you know, like make, find a way to get over that shyness. And, you know, when you're, when you're racing, you don't focus on anything else. You just focus on, on your, on your plan. Yeah. So yeah, I bought, I've worked with a lot of coaches and a lot of like sports psychologists and read up a a load about it because it really interested me. Mm. Um, And yeah, I worked really hard on kind of changing my mindset. Um, Yeah, especially coming into the, then the downhill side of things again after the four cross. Yeah. um, Worked on it even harder and even more, um, which again, really, really helped. Definitely. It is, it is a big thing. And I think a lot of athletes, especially in the downhill world, are now focusing more on it than ever. So you said you came into World Champs in 2014, knowing that was your last, the last time you were going to go for it. What, yeah. what kind of prompted that decision? At the time, um, the UCI has obviously pulled out um, yeah. of the World Cups and a lot of the riders had then switched as well. Um, so I was getting to the, like the world cup races and stuff like that. And actually it was just, it was most of the races was just me and Annika. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't feel like I was being pushed enough. I didn't feel like, I don't know, it's hard because all the races had gone. It was, I didn't feel like I was racing until I got to the final and it was me and Annika. Yeah. Um, which for me, I just I didn't get bored cause I love the sport, but it just didn't push me hard enough. Um, yeah. So yeah, that kind of prompted my move to try and switch back to the downhill stuff because it was completely new to me again. So it was yeah. I'd stopped racing downhill, and if I had got back into it, it means I'm starting at the bottom and I've got that motivation to try and work my way to the top again. Um, so yeah, that was the kind of the given for me, and also a lot of teams had, or like sponsors had pulled out, like money wise, because. Mm. Um, because there wasn't the coverage in it anymore. So yeah, it was really a shame. Like I look, look back on it now and yeah, I still, my heart's like in the forecross more than anything else. Like I love it more than anything. Um, It's just a shame that it's, it's nowhere near as big as what it was. Um, And still no one can understand it because everybody watches the forecross and they say it's so much more exciting than, you know, watching that one rider in the downhill stuff. So yeah. And then you move, Move back over into the downhill stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, what was that like? Because as you say, it's almost like starting afresh again. Yeah, it felt exactly like that. Um, really, I mean, I'd, I'd done some of the, the downhill stuff in the past, like you're saying, mm. um, back in the day, but I kind of just just stopped it completely when I started really taking the forecross seriously. Um, so yeah, I just felt like I was learning the sport completely from from the beginning and it was a it was that year I actually went out to New Zealand at the start of the year to just try and get two months under my belt on the downhill bike and yeah. just have a bit of racing have a bit of like play on the trails and I remember getting to some of those trails in uh, Queenstown and just going I, I just physically could not see a way down the hill <laughs> I was like wow I'm not sure how to ride it and it was it was quite scary actually and now I look back and go well, it was literally nothing. I'd love to go back out there and actually ride it and go, yeah, it was, it was nothing. Cause 
yeah, it would it basically kind of really pushed my limits. I'd never kind of rode it like any of this like fully gnarly steep fast trails before. Yeah, because the sport would have evolved a hell of a lot from when you were racing in it in that kind of what six year period. Yeah, massively. And I mean, the tracks basically, especially when Red Bull started to get involved, they just started making the tracks a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, a lot more kind of big, steep, gnarly sections. Um, And yeah, it just just evolved so much. And I thought I was okay at riding the bike. And then I just chucked myself down these trails and I was like, didn't didn't have a clue what to do. So yeah, again, just kind of reassess some stuff and um yeah got out riding with some some faster riders than me and was then kind of riding a fair bit with Manon Carpenter she kind of lives sort of an hour down the road and we were riding quite a lot of the South Wales stuff and again when you start riding with those kind of people that are faster than you you pick up a lot of stuff and a lot of tips quite quickly and so yeah it was it was hard work but I absolutely loved it that's something that that pushed me and gave me a reason to train. And when I feel like I'm the underdog or feel like I'm, you know, at the bottom, I really get motivated to try and then. Very unfortunately, um, the kind of return to downhill was fairly short lived. Um, Yeah. With your concussions. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of injuries over the time I've been racing, um, but never had, quite an injury like that i mean it was the, the the thing that scared me was just uh it wasn't like one big crash that that took me out it was just consecutive knocks to the head over time mm-hmm. um and again because i didn't have like a, a broken arm or a broken leg it wasn't it wasn't of an obvious injury and yeah. i was i was taken to hospitals put in neck braces i was you know carted off to various locations trying to see different specialists and nobody absolutely nobody was would ever say you know you've got a problem you you've you've knocked your head too many times it just yeah. said there's nothing wrong with you off you go you know take it easy for a couple of days um mm. and it was i took a couple of i took a month off the bike tried to get back to racing and there was just i remember rolling down the hill at Lenzerheide and just going, just feeling completely spaced out. And then I just put the bike down and sat in the pits. And that evening, you know, someone would come in the door. Um, I think Charlie Hatton just came in the door as I was staying with him and he just said something to me and I just lost the plot. I was like, just keep your voice down. How, why the hell are you shouting at me? And I, I just went nuts at him and he was like, what? And then Jake came in and just, whispered something to me and I nearly just punched him in the face because everything was so loud oh, and I at that point I realized there was probably something wrong with my head um mm. and yeah then again just took a couple of months off didn't because it again didn't have like a broken bone or anything like that I just yeah I, I felt okay some days and I couldn't again no one had pointed the finger and say you know you've you've got a broken head um I was just trying mm. to get back to riding and I couldn't really work out what was going on and it wasn't until I was I flew out to Whistler and I was staying with a friend and I was riding down the hill with him and I was actually mid-air in a jump and I suddenly just like had this thought of holy hell how did I get here um and then right. just went down all cruised all the way down to the bottom of the the trail sat in the middle of the like Whistler village um 
sat down on a bench for two hours. And as I stood up, I just felt like I had drank about eight pints and my head was oh, swimming. No. And I was like, hmm, I think I need to book a flight home and actually work out what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what was it that kind of finally got it sorted? Like when you finally realised what was going on? Um, luckily, my coach at the time, Adrian Stokes, um, he is very switched on with with the your, your human body and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I hadn't been working with him for too long before that. Um, and he basically just pointed me in the right direction. The uh, the guy that he kind of trains under um is basically like the the world's best specialist with like concussion and the, 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 everything to yeah. do with training and the human body and stuff like that and he got me appointment to see him um he's like from canada i think and he actually was he was doing like a uh teaching program over in london so we booked an appointment yeah. to see him um and I had an MRI scan privately and brought the MRI scan to him. And he he literally said the words. He turned around and went, Katie, your brain is fucked. And I, <laughs> and I was like, at that point, I was like... Oh, sweet. Well, thank you very much, because someone's actually given me an answer. Um, but yeah. also, oh, crap, how do I go from here? And he, he basically just... Yeah. He actually had the MRI up on the screen and just said, look, here's the problem. You can see, like, you've got fluid on the back of your brain. And you, or, yeah, and you fluids building up here and you've got like little it was like little dents in my head and but it oh, was God. it was actually really nice for me to for someone to just say you're not making this up in your head um although yeah. you can't obviously physically see the injury there is something wrong and this is why you're getting headaches this is why you're having these like crazy mood swings and you know you're you feel like you're swimming at some point you feel like you're drunk and you've got pressure in your head but yeah it's um it was horrible really it's the worst injury I've Add, I can imagine physically because I don't some days you're absolutely fine and you just feel like you're kind of I don't know you feel like you're making it all up or something and then other yeah. days I mean I'd try and walk and feel, like almost feel like I can remember how to move my legs or walk or talk or anything like that so it was yeah it is quite crazy. quite scary how much your the brain does without even you realizing it so yeah that's it like I've had a you know a few miles yeah. concussions over the time I've ridden, but and I, it's been bad for those like few weeks after. I can't imagine what it was like going for it for that amount. Of no, time. and I, as bad as it is, I there's a, a friend I met out in Switzerland called Lorraine, um, and she mm. just before me had some massive cases of concussion. Um, and she, yeah, she, I mean, she's still real bad now. Um, yeah. and I think it was because I was seeing how bad. Um, she was affected by all of this. Um, and she just said, turned around and said, you know, like if you, if I took one more knock to the brain, you know, I could be ended up in like a wheelchair and stuff like yeah. that. And it kind of really hit home. And I was like, right, I've got to take this seriously. You know, I've got to put the yeah. hours into the rehab and I've got to do all of this. Otherwise, you know, God knows what was going to happen with the rest of my life. So yeah, it was a, it was a big turning point for me. Unfortunately, seeing someone else in a, in a obviously a very crap situation um yeah yeah kind of put the light on my situation a little bit more seriously that's it but do you think even now there's enough being done about concussions because in our sport because it, like in rugby the minute you 
hit your head you're taken off the pitch you're not allowed yeah. to play for two weeks minimum yeah not at all um i i really no. would like to see a lot more done about it um i know the ews are taking it a little bit more seriously and if you're you say if the doctors pull you out with concussion or something you need a, a doctor's note to to get back into race again yeah um but yeah, the amount of people that kind of just knock their head and, you know, even crack their helmets, dent their helmets, they just go and get a new helmet and get back to the trail the next yeah. day. And I just don't think people know enough about it or know how serious it can be. Um, and ever since, you know, the stuff that I kind of put up online, a lot of people do contact me and say, look, I'm having these problems. What do I do? And Where do I go about it? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, it's quite scary, really, and I'd love to see the UCI take it a little bit more seriously, but, I mean, just knowing, Definitely. being in that place myself um, as an athlete and knowing the amount of pressure a lot of riders are under from teams and sponsors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen riders pretty much have broken bones and strap themselves up with tape and just try and get themselves down the hill for a couple of points, and it's like, yeah, yeah well, that's great, but, you know, yeah why? That's, that is it it is why it's um when you stand back and actually look at it it's um i know these guys are getting paid a crazy amount to do this and maybe that is the why you know you feel like you've got yeah. that pressure um but look a little bit further down the line and you think when you stop racing or you know you step out of the sport it is that all of that risk kind of worth it and especially with a head, head injury you know like it's it's not something that can be fixed yeah. as easy as a, a bone bone mending so yeah Definitely. i'd like to see a little bit more kind of awareness about it more than anything yeah definitely and um yeah unfortunately kind of with all of that going on that essentially stopped you racing at that yeah level. it did um yeah my goal basically was um yeah I, I was working with adrian for a good two years and just solidly working on kind of rehab and yeah just working on loads of different exercises to get me get me back and my goal was to always get back and race world cups um yeah and I pushed really hard and I worked so hard to get back to that point and the second I got back to racing the first world cup again I literally left the start getting had a massive smile on my face because I just felt like it didn't matter what the result was I achieved what yeah. I wanted to achieve um but yeah it took me two years pretty much to get back to the the level that I wanted to, to get back to racing or the level that I knew was safe before I could get back to racing world cups again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of pushed myself pretty, pretty hard. I almost think I burnt myself out a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> Mental. But um, as you said, at the start of this, like you've been hammering on the coach and you look so busy all the time yeah massively so i i take well, i took a lot of last year out and definitely my plan was to always take this year out from racing um and concentrate yeah. on the the coaching business it's something that i've i guess pretty much like i've been saying i've had a lot of help in the sport just little pieces of advice but it gave me such confidence and yeah knowing kind of what i should be doing and you know from that it made me kind of think, you know, like what, what do I want to do with my time? Yeah. And uh, yeah, helping people kind of progress is, 
it's amazing it's what what i really love and whether you know it's a complete beginner who's just picked up a bike or it's someone racing world cups it's it's so cool to see you know i was gonna say because i saw that you'd been working with evie richards the xc rider yes the other day. it was that's really cool is, yeah <laughs> and i i really love it basically anyone that's like really enthusiastic and into riding or racing it doesn't matter what level but yeah i bumped into evie like literally halfway down the trails whilst i was coaching and she just said she said to me there and then she was like i need to speak to you about coaching i was like yeah go for it that'd be cool and uh, um yeah again i'm quite a nervous person so i was getting towards the uh the session and going oh god oh god you know like well i'm gonna be able to coach her but actually as soon as we started it it was really cool to to uh to work with someone like that to actually break down lots of little things and actually see that kind of help and progress in her riding. And I mean, she's an incredible athlete. Um, super oh, yeah. talented on a bike, super fit, puts everything into it, you know, like needs to know, you know, the feedback and stuff like that. So yeah, working with her and like building her confidence on, on well, hopefully she doesn't mind me saying, but yeah, building the confidence on some of like the bigger, the jumps and the drops and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it then helped take her into the, you know, the, the next world cup. And yeah, I got a text from her just saying, you know, I did all the, did the drops and wasn't a baby. And it it kind of, it was like, Oh, that, that is really cool to hear actually that it helps people. Yeah. But you know, on the other end of the scale, I get messages from people saying, you know, like I, I gave them a coaching session six months ago and they've just achieved this, you know, like they've only just tried it. And yeah. you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter what level you're at. It's, it's people progressing and, you know, achieving stuff. And I know what that feeling is. I'm sure you do as well. When you actually, you know, oh, yeah. achieve something that you've been wanting to do for a long time, whether it's, you know, hitting a big jump or, you know, winning a race or anything like that. It, it's such a cool feeling. So that's why I love Definitely. coaching. Nothing can beat yeah. it, can it? Yes. Awesome. No, that's great, Katie. Thank you no for taking the time. No it's been, been good. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. Um, but yeah, I hope to see you soon and uh, Perfect. keep safe. Thank you. Uh, and you. Yeah, crazy time. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we'll Speak do. to you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.